This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That ball is thrilled. Deep to right field. It is gone again! Another Schwarbaum off the Toyota side. Another multi-home run game. All he does is hit homers. Judge hammers that high, deep, and grand. Aaron Judge clears the bases with home run number 30. A grand slam into the Pittsburgh night. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome, Welcome back, back. BetQL Thank Daily, you. right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, Cody Decker with you on a Thursday. Time to dive into big picture MLB here. Sean Zarillo from the Action Network joining us in the Roman Guest Line. We're about halfway through this season, Sean, uh, in terms of the betting market for the season. About 81 games each team here. We, we could jump around division races, World Series odds, um, you know, awards. Uh, but I want to start with the awards market because I think it's really interesting looking at this. Aaron Judge, the favorite in the American League, as I think he should be. But, boy, Shohei Otani has been unbelievable. Sean, when you look at the American League MVP here, um, would you say it's Judge running away? Or do you look at it with Otani and Alvarez um, that it's the race here down the stretch of the season? I think Judge and Otani should be co-favorites at this point. But you look at the top five and – end of season war projections is generally how I like to size it up because 22 of the past 24 MVP winners finished in the top three and war in their respective leagues. And 16 of those 24 winners finished as the league leader. So judge and Otani, their end of season projections are about a half of a win ahead of the rest of the field. But Jose Ramirez is still sitting there five to one, 20 to one. I still think it's the best value bet coming into the season. He projected to finish as a top three guy in the American league and wins above replacement. He's still there as of now by multiple projection systems and compared to the other guys like Jordan Alvarez, Rafael Devers, obviously judge and Otani, his number is way more inflated compared to the rest of those guys. Maybe it's because he plays at a little bit of anonymity in Cleveland, but Ramirez will by and large be my best value bet every single time we talk about AL MVP because he just always seems to be underrated relative to what he's doing on the field. But those five guys I mentioned, I think, are the pretty clear top five at this point. And I would be relatively surprised if one of them didn't win the award at the end of the year. Otani's end of season projections, depending on where you look, he's either two-tenths of a win behind Judge or about four-tenths of a win ahead. So at this point, I do think they should be co-favored. And um, Kyle Schwarber has been on an absolute tear recently. Um, as a show, we all have tickets on him to be the home run leader. Would you take a look at him as MVP? So, you know, again, going back to wins above replacement, I think because of his defensive value, it kind of drags him down. And, you know, OPS ranking tends to get highly valued as well. Uh, just given how low his batting average is, he's, he's really been a three true outcomes kind of guy. 
So I don't think he's in the MVP discussion for me, uh, particularly. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you finish in the standings anymore. We saw all six finalists for the MVP last year ended up missing the playoffs. So it actually doesn't matter if your team makes the playoffs anymore in the voters' minds relative to what it did previously. But I'm certainly rooting as hard as you guys are for Schwarber to win the home run title because I, I have a 50-1 to ticket on him, and that was my largest preseason player future in the in the stat leaders market so definitely all aboard the Schwarber train and hopefully can keep this going i'm looking at uh sticking with mvp futures here and i'm looking at how you're possibly playing the national league side there's a lot of interesting names right now paul goldschmidt leading the way at plus 100. um i don't really i'm not putting a lot of value on that right now because specifically paul goldschmidt is a very streaky hitter at least notoriously in the past I'm looking at guys like Manny Machado and Mookie Betts right now, who just come off the uh, uh, A. Uh, sorry, the IL. What do you think of them on taking flyers out on them, but not now? Perhaps waiting for them to maybe hit a little bit of a rough patch to take a flyer to get some better odds. Yeah, I think those are certainly the two players that I would be targeting in the National League. We just talked about end of season more projections. Machado, the leader in the National League, and even Nolan Arenado, by some projections, is ahead of goal. Goldschmidt at the end of the year. So maybe Arenado of the two Cardinals would be the guy I would of, of the board that you mentioned. I think that's is definitely the value play projects in that top three. We had actually, last time I was on the show, I believe Joe brought up buying in on Juan Soto at a crazy price because he floated up as high as 100 to one last year. You can get him around 60 to one, 80 to one this year. I wouldn't touch Soto with those inflated odds. It's pretty obvious that he's playing hurt. He's been playing hurt most of the year. So Soto may be the value trap for me at this point. He's the guy who's going to look the target in season. But the guys that you mentioned, in addition to Goldschmidt, I think are your clear top four in end-of-season projections. So definitely Betts and maybe Machado are the value plays, but of the two, I'd prefer Betts. Sean, looking at teams here, midway point of the season, where do you see value, whether it be division, whether it be uh, pennant winners? It's, it's interesting um, as you look at it. You know, we know a good number of teams that are going to be in the playoffs, but the bottom of those playoff races in each league are wide open, which means there's probably some teams with some interesting numbers and value attached that will get into the playoffs. And obviously, if you can get them right now, um, you could have a good number. The Guardians stand out to me as a team. I know they struggled this week, but I think they are live in that division in the AL Central. What do you think about big picture on teams for futures? Yeah, so the one divisional number that stands out to me, and I'm not somebody who typically lays chalk on a divisional price, but the Brewers at minus 250 right now, they're projected at 80% by both Fangraphs and Pakoda to win the NL Central. So they think that the line should be closer to minus 400. I bet the Brewers around minus 180, I believe, coming into the year, and the projection was at a similar number. It's obviously floated up. But the Cardinals pitching is just kind of falling apart. Hudson, Palante, Libertor, I am not high on any of those three guys. Massive clarity or both hurt. Wayno is declining. I think they need to add a top-line starting pitcher to get back into that central race, whether it's Frankie Montas, Luis Castillo. The Cardinals are going to have to make a move on the pitching end to bring themselves more in line with what the Brewers are doing. So I would definitely project some value on Milwaukee in the divisional market. I actually played the Atlanta Braves to win the NL pennant a couple of days ago, plus 600. There's still value on that number of plus 500 to me. You look at Fangraph projections, they think they're extremely likely to make the playoffs at this point, 97%. They may even catch the Mets in the division. I don't think there's any value on their divisional number, but they would make their NL pennant odds around plus 340. 
They would make their World Series odds around plus 560. They could have them just a couple of percentage points behind the Dodgers, a couple of percentage points ahead of the Mets in their playoff projections. So I definitely think there's a value on the Braves. The team that they're going to have come playoff time once Ozzy Albies comes back, you look at getting Spencer Schreider and Kyle Wright instead of Ian Anderson and Juan Cardoa in games three and four of a playoff series. They have the second richest owners in baseball, so they're going to have pieces at the deadline. I think top to bottom, the Braves are a better team than the team that won the World Series last year. So especially come playoff time, this team is extremely dangerous, plus 1,100 to win the World Series, plus 500 to win the NL pennant, I think are tremendous value bets right now. What about today's? Is there anything that you like there, Sean? Well, yeah, I just talked about the Braves, so we could talk about Spencer Strider a little bit more, who I think should be the favorite for the National League Rookie of the Year award. He's currently pacing the entire National League field and wins of our replacement. I like say a Suzuki coming into the year, I think around 15 to 1. He might be a solid value play considering he is the highest average projection in terms of war per game the rest of the way. But Strider right now is your NL leader, third in strikeout minus walk rate amongst pitchers, third in swinging strike rate. He's ahead of Guys like Dylan Cease, in between guys like Shane McClanahan and Shohei Otani up there with Corbin Burns in basically all underlying pitcher metrics. And Liver Torres, I mentioned, for the Cardinals, a pitcher who I don't like. Don't think his stuff is translated well to the major league level. Maybe at some point he'll add a third pitch or he'll add some velocity to his mix in order to refine himself. But I project a pretty nice number on the Braves for the first five innings today, around minus 254. You could still bet their first five lines at around minus 215, minus 220. So the Braves up to about minus two, minus 230 for the first five innings is my favorite bet for today's card. You know, you mentioned a lot of lines of pitchers. I One of the most intriguing futures markets right now is, to me, the American League Cy Young. Um, right now, as we currently stand, Justin Verlander's odds have officially caught up with Shane McClanahan's. I'm getting them both right now at plus 250. Um, but there's other names out there. Garrett Cole, obviously Shohei Otani, especially after the dominant performance he had yesterday. But rounding up in the number five or six areas, Dylan Cease. I do think that's a little bit of a reach putting Dylan Cease even in the top 10. What about you? So Cease is a guy I had a preseason feature on. His command seems to come and go with his start. And that is what sketches me out a little bit. I also have a strikeout leader prop on him as well. So I'm hoping I have that as well. Hand at some point. The, the one value play that I see in the American League is Kevin Gaussman. You look at, at end-of-season projections, he is the, the war leader in the American League in all, amongst all pitchers, actually, by multiple different projection systems. They have him leading baseball in pitcher war at the end of the year. 372 batting average on balls have played this season, so he's been a bit unlucky. But Kevin Gaussman around 18-1, to 1, that's something I added to my card last week. Unfortunately, he was immediately hit the ankle and removed from his start. But provided Gaussman is okay, I think 18-1 to 1 is a solid number. And Robbie Ray definitely coming up to the back of the pack as well. Maybe the start to his season hurt his chances for the end of the year. But Robbie Ray has been dominant over the past month. 40 strikeouts, 10 walks in his past five starts. Added a sinker to his pitch mix. I think Robbie Ray is rounding right back into form. Sean, it's interesting. Half of our, our battle here is trying to guess how the awards will be voted on, not just mentioned earlier um, with the number on how many guys that win the MVP are top three in war. We, we moved a long time ago past wins and losses for starting pitchers determining Cy Youngs. But I'm fascinated by Tony Gonsolin, who's going to pitch today, and, and his case for a Cy Young. I'm seeing him down to 12-1. to 1. His ERA is in the ones, and he's undefeated. 
Sean, let, let's play it out. Let's say Tony Gonsolin goes 20-0 and 0 or 20-1, and 1, and his ERA is close to Sandy Alcantara, but Alcantara's other numbers are better. How do you think that might go? Because this is um, – it's like a throwback kind of season in terms of people that you'd see get votes for a Cy Young with Gonsolin right now. Yeah, so their strikeout and walk numbers, their average strikeout and walk numbers are pretty similar. Gonsolin, not a huge K guy. My biggest concerns with Gonsolin, you know, where Alcantara has thrown 200 innings, Gonsolin has never been past basically 80 innings in a professional season, yeah, 120 innings in the minors, but he's never even been past 50, 60 innings in a major league season. His strand rate is in 90%. His batting average on balls and plays is like 200. So I definitely expect some major regression for Gonsolin going forward. His ERA should probably be closer to around three looking at his underlying metrics. But to your point, at the end of the year, if everything else is the same and Gonsolin is 20 and two and Sandy Alcantara is 10 and 10, I, you know, it's impossible to get into voters' minds, but it's also very unlikely that that won't influence them to a degree. So I just think Alcantara in terms of the longevity, the way he pitches like a workhorse goes out there and throws eight innings every start. I think that's definitely what's going to carry him to the end. And somebody I saw broke down their numbers. If, if Alcantara had been removed in each one of his starts at the same time that Gonsolin was removed, and their numbers were basically identical. The only reason Sandy's numbers are a bit inflated is because he's going through that lineup a third time and getting hit a little bit more where Gonsolin has that bullpen to come in behind him. The Marlins don't have any bullpen, so they need to push him a little bit harder. But I think that's definitely an interesting consideration if everything is the same at the end of the year. But there's a reason why Sandy's numbers may, may look a bit worse on the surface, and it's because he's going through that lineup an extra time, which is why he's gotten 40 extra innings on his season line. We give out home run props every day on this show to hit a home run today where there's some value. Some of the, some of this is crazy. <laughs> so that's uh, that's something that's very difficult for me to project on a day-to-day basis. Cause you really have to dive into weather and park factors and player matchups. And I'm mostly modeling first five inning lines, full game lines, and then totals for both halves and dive into it a little bit more. I mean, how could you not love Kyle Schwarber to keep hitting home runs today if you were going to give me whatever price I wanted? But laying numbers like plus 210 on Schwarber to hit a home run, the books, the books are wise to it. They know exactly what's up. They know what you're doing. You know, what people are going to be targeting on a day-to-day basis based on who's hot. So the day-to-day home run market, something I generally stay away from unless I'm getting a promotion from a book that is going to make it a little bit more plus EV for me. You know, one last question for um, you're talking about today and you talk about home run props. When you're not looking at home run props and you talk about matchups, I immediately look at total bases as my personal favorite thing to play. Are you a fan of total bases if you're not a fan of home run props or even hit props? Total bases, I think, is something that I can actually project out a little bit better because you can you can basically see rate stats for how many bases you expect a hitter to get against a certain handedness of pitcher, a guy like Luis Arise, who's I have a hits leader prop on him at 50 to one. So I hope he keeps climbing up that leaderboard, but he's a guy I bet over one and a half bases on a lot because he's a double hitter or he'll get two singles in a game pretty frequently. And you were getting good numbers on him earlier in the season. Now I think that that's caught up a little bit, but total base is definitely a sneakier one as compared to betting over half a hit on some players. So yeah, I, I actually can project total bases out a little bit better than I can home run. This home run is so weather influenced at each day of the event to get into the nitty-gritty and adjust people up or down a couple of percentage points. Where for total bases, you can definitely manipulate 
like I said, look at rate stats for how many bases hitters are generally getting against a certain handedness of pitcher for plate appearance, project them out plate appearances for a game, and you can typically come up with a number. So I think that's definitely a market that you can find a little bit more value in than betting home run props. Oh, on the Roman guest line, free online evaluation and ongoing care for ADL from the comfort of price of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash Speculo now to get $15 off your first month. GetRoman.com slash Speculo. Hit the rest of the MLB slate for today next on BetQL Daily. You're listening to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.